Welcome to Two Cents Podcast hosted by Joseph Skiff and Sam Bonello. They're here to help you achieve financial peace no matter who you are or what you believe. With practical tips and insights on how to manage your money, Joseph and Sam believe that even a little bit of knowledge can go a long way. So join them on Two Cents Podcast and learn how to do a lot with just a little. Plus, listen for the special code word during the show to claim your free copy of an awesome book on how to navigate times of credit crisis. Here's your host, Joseph and Sam, on the Two Cents Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Two Cents Podcast, where you learn how to do a lot with just a little knowledge. I'm your host, Joseph Scaff, and I have here with me my co-host, Sam Bonello. Sam, how are you? I'm doing great. Excellent. It's a bit rainy, but we have a lot to talk about because we're going to be teaching people how to get rid of their bad debts. Yep, how to dance with debt. Dancing with debts. And just as this is our first podcast, we just wanted to give you a little bit of background information on us and on our idea. So the podcast is called Two Cents. And well, Sam, since the Two Cents was your idea, can you tell us a little bit of what it means? Yeah, I think we've got two guys here. One's a retired investment banker. That's you, Joseph. Yeah, that's Come me. a pastor, a minister. Believe it or not. Yeah. And um, then- Paying for my sins. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to give our two cents. We're going to give our ideas, the things that we've learned, uh, myself as a financial advisor and you as an investment banker. And then as a, I think importantly, as a minister who's sat with people and seen the impact of financial stress, things like debt, um, the difficulty that it can create in marriages. You've had a lot of situations where you're seeing where the rubber meets the road with financial matters in people's lives in an intimate way. And that's an insight uh, that I think is valuable. And so we can speak to some of those things that you've you've experienced. So we're going to give our two cents on those things. Um, it's free advice. So it might be worth two cents. It might be worth two million. You decide. <laughs> but um, we're, we're going to under-promise and hopefully over-deliver. And then um, the, the idea as well that you don't need to make a lot to have a secure financial future. It's less about what you make and more about what you do with mm. it. Um, and I think we've all seen people that have been on a basic sort of wage their whole life and they retire really comfortably and some retire early with a property portfolio or something that, that meets their needs beyond paid employment. And then we know other people that make a lot of money for a big part of their life and they don't have two cents to rub together when they, when they finish their employment. So I've got some stories about that people I've seen in a financial advice capacity Mm. and, um, we just think that everyone, uh, when they have a little knowledge, they can make a big difference to their family's future, their financial future, their financial fitness, if they just have a little knowledge. So that's a few of the ideas that came up with Two Cents, and we're glad you're here. We hope it's not the only time you join us, and um, you're going to learn with us as we go through our first podcast. Here. Absolutely. And do please... Um Feel free to send us messages to communicate with us if you have ideas, if you have questions, and we would be more than happy to um, try to address that, try to have these conversations uh, with you guys as well. We're going to be providing an email address uh, in our podcast description, and you can just submit your questions, your you know, or your interests, uh, or even your testimony um, to that address. And we can, um, talk about it here on the podcast. Yep. All right. So Sam, we're talking about dancing with debt. Mm. A lot of people are in debt. 
wealthy nations are wealthy, but their population is usually drowning in debt, statistics says. Is all debt equal? Are all debts the same? Or how do we understand? What is debt and what is the difference between debt and debt? Yeah, debt's bad, isn't it, Joseph? It's just the flat rule that debt is bad. That's what, look, I grew up hearing some of that. So is that the case? Yeah, look, I think part of it is we've grown up in a Judeo-Christian culture. This is a podcast out of Australia, so I can say that. Um, and I think you're the pastor, you're the one to speak to this. I mean, there are things in the Bible that, that flat out say debt is bad, it should be avoided like the plague. Um, and mm. that's true, but there's some nuance to it. And uh, we're going to unpack the different types of debt and help you diagnose whether the debts that you have are good debts or bad debts and what to do about them. But um, debt certainly has its downsides, but I think it's a healthier approach rather than having a flat rule to say debt is bad, to step back, understand the different types of debt, mm. um, why some debt is good or acceptable, um, advantageous even, and why other debts are bad and should be minimized or eliminated altogether. So, okay. I think so there's two, two types of debt. So there's good debt, which is something that can be a brand new concept for some people. Mm -hmm. And there's bad debt. So I'm like, how do I tell the difference between the two? And by the way, you mentioned that there's, um, you know, from time to time I can contribute with a bit of uh, uh, my experience in that realm, but there's, there is even the Bible, like a 3000 year old proverb says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Mm -hmm. So if you're a borrower, if you're dead, you're a slave, like this is not good. So that concept that debt is not good has been roaming around for literally millennia. Mm -hmm. But Sam, how do I, you, you mentioned about good types of debt. How do I make differentiate, how do I yeah. differentiate between the so two? There's, there's two different ways to define good debt, bad debt from my perspective. The first, from a more of a consumer perspective, is um, depreciating assets and appreciating assets. Okay, okay. Now, can you break down, can you help me to understand and explain what is the difference between a yep. depreciating asset and a appreciating asset? Yep. And so, what is an asset? So, um, if I go to the shops yep. and buy a new wardrobe, I will never be able to sell, unless I'm a celebrity and I put my signature on them, which I'm not yet. Maybe this podcast will help me get there. But if I buy those clothes, there will never be a time where I can sell them for more than what I purchased them for. Okay. Um, as soon, we all know that as soon as you drive a car off the lot, um, it depreciates or it loses value mm. just because you drove it off the lot and it's now a used car or a pre-owned mm. car. So things that, are losing value as time passes while you own them are depreciating assets. Okay. Things that go up in value are appreciating assets. Okay. And assets being, asset is basically a good, an object. A, a t-shirt is an asset. Mm. A car is an asset. A CD is an asset. A house is okay. an asset. And a house is the most obvious example of, in most cases, um, unless you're buying a little investment property in a mining town that's not going to be a mining town forever. It's be a ghost town. Yeah, it'll be a ghost town one day. Houses in general, especially here in Australia, we have a very strong property market. Mm. Those are appreciating assets. 
Okay. And so in some ways they're helping you pay the debt off as they go up in value. Because okay. if you were ever to sell that asset, you'd have money there that would help you pay it off that you didn't earn from your labor. Okay. So there's two kinds of things, things that lose value over time, lose their financial value over time, and things that actually increase in financial value over time. Yep. And um, so that bad debt is related to if I'm using debt to buy things that are going to lose value in time, this is bad. Yep. But if I'm ha getting debt to buy something that it will go, which price will go up in time, that can actually be a good debt. Yep. Okay. So think about it really practically. You buy a $10,000 car with car finance. Yeah. You drive it for two weeks and then the engine blows up. You can only then sell that car for $1,000 to the wreckers, but you've got $9,000 left on the debt once you take the money from the wreckers and pay it to the bank. So you bought an asset that wasn't able to repay the debt against itself. Okay. And that's a bad debt. So I'm paying $10,000 for something that it's now worth $1,000 or, or less. or so be just losing value over time, like a computer or a cell phone. I mm -hmm. buy $2,000 worth of a brand new, nice iPhone. Mm -hmm. Three years time, Apple or someone can offer me maybe $800 for it. But I'm still repaying. If I'm still repaying that debt, mm -hmm. I'm going to be yep. so that losing money both both ends, paying the interest of the debt yep. and also... So that's the that's the first and the simplest sort of the consumer okay. understanding of good debt, bad debt. The second is more of an advanced idea, I guess. It comes down to tax deductibility of debt. Okay. And I don't want to lose people in the weeds here, but um, in Australia with the tax law, if you borrow money for the purpose of investment, so let's say you want to buy an investment property or you are purchasing a vehicle for your business, um, those two loans, the interest on those loans is tax deductible. So it, it offsets the cost of the debt a little bit when you submit your tax return. Okay. And then you've got non-tax deductible debt, which is things that you buy for your personal use. So the home that you live in, the interest that you pay on the home loan, is, is not, not tax, tax deductible, deductible because mm. you're personally using that Interesting. home. Yeah. If you buy a new wardrobe, there's no tax deduction for the interest that you pay on your credit card that you use to buy those clothes. Okay. And the same with a car. If it's for personal use, um, like I said, it's easy to get lost in the weeds there, but they're the two definitions. Good debt, bad debt. Good debt is appreciating assets or things that are going up in value and things that are tax deductible, the interest is tax deductible that's paid on those debts, and bad debt, it's um, items that are dropping in value and that you cannot claim the interest paid on those as a tax deduction. Very interesting. So let's talk about the main types of debt mm -hmm. that you can incur as a normal person. So there's credit card debt you mentioned, there's car debt, there's business kinds of debts, and there's also property that's um so let's try to figure out what's what here so credit card people say hey joseph i have a credit card debt but because i really sorely needed to establish a credit score and if i didn't have it so nobody's going to give me give me credit what do you say to that person sam do they really need that credit card 
this is something that I was told early on and I, I operated a credit card early on for that reason. Um, if you haven't heard it, you might hear it. People will say that it's good to have a credit card early on so that when you approach a bank to buy your first home, they will look at your credit score, which is a sort of behind the curtains reporting system that lenders are able to access to see if someone's a high risk person or a low risk person to lend to. And it's commonly said that if you if you don't have a credit score, you won't be able to borrow money. Um, while there is a credit score system, there are better ways to get a credit score than mm. to take out a high interest debt so necessarily. So the banks are more interested in seeing your capacity to save money. Um, so if you can go into the bank and show that on a consistent basis you've been putting X amount of dollars, maybe it's $100 a week, maybe it's $500 a week, whatever your paycheck allows, the point is that you demonstrate you have the ability to save money on a regular basis. You're not spending everything that you own. So mm. I know there are people out there that play the system and, and some people are very good at it. I'm not wired that way. I don't have the time to play the credit card schemes where you sign up for this credit card and get 60000 frequent flyer miles and then you shut that card down and you go over here. Uh, there's a movie about it. Um, Catch me if you can. No, I think he did it, but there's another one, uh, George it. Clooney in it. I'll have to look the name of it up. Ocean's Eleven. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and look, that some people play that system and win, but most people lose. And um, one of the things that makes credit card debt bad is its uh, interest rate is often well in excess of 15% okay. interest, okay. which is – crippling it makes it difficult to pay that off okay and so for example if you on a 15 percent a year credit card debt that means if i have ten thousand dollars on my credit card i'll be paying one thousand five hundred dollars worth of interest roughly per year yep and the way that minimum repayments on credit cards are calculated is not the same as a 30-year loan on a home where there's a big part of principal and a little part of interest, it takes an eternity to pay off a credit card if you only pay the minimum mm. payments. So the only real smart way, unless you're one of these gamers that you know runs the American Express black card and make sure you buy enough each month, and that it, if people are wired that way, well, then more power to them. But for most of us... Um, the only responsible way to use a credit card is have a limit that is your budget for paying the bills, buying groceries, getting fuel in the car. And at the end of the month, you pay that off in full every time. Okay. So you, if you're paying your credit card in full every time, then that's okay because you're not going to go into the debt. Yeah, because you're, you're, not, um, you're not losing ground financially. But my argument for most people would be… Yes, Okay that's the numbers side of it. And this will come up a lot of times when we talk, Joseph. The bigger part about money management is not math. Math is really easy. Mm. When it comes to money, it's really just addition, subtraction, sometimes some multiplication. Okay. You know, it's not trigonometry and calculus and things like this. Anyone can do the numbers for their personal finances. What's difficult is the mindset, the money yes. mindset. Because that's what I was going to ask you because – what about the temptation of having a whole lot of credit there 
and you just start buying that you you might have heard the saying Joseph computer when you have a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah heard that when you have a credit card everything looks like an emergency <laughs> i need that dress i need that kindle i need that gadget um and there is the temptation part of it but there's a there's a psychological thing here to walk into a store and buy something whether it's small or large a big ticket item with a credit card there's a twinge of guilt that goes with that there's a like i'm paying $100 for this but if i don't pay it all off at the end of the month it's going to cost me more than $100 you don't get the satisfaction the enjoyment of being able to own that thing straight away if you walk into that same store with a roll of $20 notes $50 notes $100 notes i don't know what you're buying and you pull that money out of your pocket or you've got a debit card in your hand and you pay for that with money that is yours that no one's going to charge you interest on there's a level of confidence there's a level of security there's a different mindset that goes along with that that is much healthier and i would argue even to those that play the you know bonus frequent flyer mile you know gimmicky things the reward for the satisfaction of knowing that you own something and you've paid for it cash um outweighs the gimmick things it's psychological isn't it it's, it's a, a psychological big- trick oh if i buy this and i have fallen into that trap myself or if i bought this well at least i'm going to be getting some miles but these miles they like they take forever to accumulate they're not really worth that much by the time that you go to redeem it you can't you can find the ticket or you cannot find the place that you want to go to but in the back of that mind it says joseph but look if you I'm buy winning. this i'm winning and I'm i think that them. and i think that what it comes to is an law of the universe which is there is no free lunch law of the financial universe so you know when when you are young i have a daughter she's four years old she likes to go on on playgrounds and play with the the slides so she first had to has to put in the effort of climbing the structure and then she can slide but with what credit card does it inverts the natural order of things and you slide first and then it says now you go in and, and try to climb this thing mm-hmm. so instead of me saving That's up right analogy and waiting until i have the money to buy things i want the pleasure first and then the debt later and the problem with that is that it can get addictive mm-hmm. and it can actually spin out of control quite easy so probably if you're listening to us it might be the case that you actually have a credit card debt that is out of control that you do not see how you can actually pay the entire balance of your credit card or if you're paying the entire balance of your credit card you look at your other bank accounts particularly the savings one and you know there's just a couple of cobwebs there there's just literally two cents and that's i think that the risk is so some people actually decide to go credit card free and by the way even the name credit card is a bit of a hoax isn't it sam because it's not really a credit card it's really a debt card yeah. yeah you know to think that you have a credit it also mixes up in people's minds because yeah. if i have credit with you that means that i have paid you first and now you owe me something but if that with a debt card is the contrary i actually buy something now i'm owing so there's all all kinds of psychological trips tricks and one of the things that Sam is passionate about we're not going to be going too deep into that today 
but certainly we'll be addressing that in future podcasts, is that psychology of money, psychology of investing. A lot of things that we buy, we, we, we tend to think that we are rational beings, but we are emotional beings that can be rational. But if we don't uncover the psychological tricks that the markets play on your brains, we won't be able to see through it and we may be able to fall into some pretty nasty pitfalls there. And I've actually got my uh, terminated credit card sitting on my desk. I'm sort of waiting for an occasion where I can put it through the shredder and make like a celebration about it. But even though I knew this and, and taught this for a while, I still had that credit card that I got originally to establish a, a credit rating. Yeah. And it was helpful at times, but I also got bitten sometimes. And when I finally paid it out, um, it's just liberating. It's great. And one of the other real value adds to not running a credit card, as it's, it's deceptively called, as you pointed out, is um, the ideas that we have about money, most of them came from our parents and how they used money. And so this is a gift that you can give to your children to say, no, we don't buy with credit. We buy with cash. Yes. And then um, that paves a, a really solid, part of a really solid financial future and money mindset for your kids. Um, but we'll talk about that more. We've got yeah. some, some podcasts coming up on parenting and money. and Wonderful. So what about a car? So we're talking about buying stuff, the nice stuff, and how that can spiral out of control relatively easy. What about a car? Like people need car to work. Yeah. Is it worth it? Like is a car debt a bad debt or is it a good debt or is it some kind of a gray area there? What, what do you say, Sam? So, I mean, a lot of the things that people spend on credit cards is maybe furniture, clothes, food, fuel, entertainment. They're things that the bank has no way of getting them back. And okay. that's why they charge such a high interest rate up to, you know, sort of 20 plus percent interest rate. On a car loan, you might be looking at more like 10, 11%. And that's because mm. if you stop doing the repayments, the bank can send a tow truck around, pick up the car, and then they can go and sell it and extinguish the debt for you. Um, so a car debt is lower interest, so it's better than credit card. Yeah. But it somewhat comes down to the nature of the car that you buy too. Um, to buy a vehicle if you need a vehicle, and that's the only way that you can get a vehicle – well, then 10 or 11% is the price you have to pay so that you can get to work, so that you can see your family, so that you can do the things that you need to do. Yeah, particularly in some, some cities in Australia where there's just very unreliable public transport. Yeah, yeah. And so... Because if you're living in certain cities, my, I'm Brazilian, that's my background. I lived in Sao Paulo, which is a city with 20 million plus people in one town. Mm. You can get away with a, without a car easy. It's actually so much cheaper, just like... You don't have a car, don't have to pay for garage fees. If you go to work, they will actually charge you garage fees, like 400 bucks a month for you to pay just for the garage. Yeah. Uh, but you can get away with Uber. If you need to go for a trip, just like rent a car. It's so much, yeah, so much Australia is certainly more convenient. But here is different, huh? It's not as good. And I think there's a bit of a, there's some cars in Australia that are an icon. You know, to, to have a car is a sense of pride. Um, so there's some, again, money mindset, psychology things around car ownership. And the companies with the biggest marketing budget in the world are car companies. 
they have to spend a lot of money on a car because they have to get you over the hurdle of knowing, like we all do, that as soon as you drive it off the lot, you still have that new car smell, but you have less money in your pocket. Um, and so the, the idea of car debt, it'd be better if you could pay cash for it, but if you can't, uh, it is higher interest. Um, if it's not a work car, then the tax, the interest paid on it is not deductible. Is it better so to buy new, brand new, or used? What do you? What's your advice on this, Tim? Lucky we haven't given out the email address because it'd be it'd be filling up with uh, emails from the people that like to game <laughs> the credit card point system. They won't <laughs> like some of the things we've said, and some business people won't like me saying this, but f in most cases, buying a used car is a better way because you don't have that big drop in value just because you drove it off the lot. And so- um, And if you buy it with a relatively low case, low mileage on it, you still get a pretty you, good, pretty decent can, life out of You can of get a car, car that's still under warranty. If yeah. you buy a low mileage secondhand car, um, it's still reliable, all those things. So um, it it is falling more into the category and most often into the category of bad debt rather than good debt. Um, but I've heard you say before a good little jingle about if you're buying a car or if you're going to borrow yeah. money to buy a car, you should buy a car that... Yeah, look, this is from... I got it from a very good book called The Barefoot Investor. If you have no idea what, what you're doing with your money or you have never read any book about money, mm. that's our recommendation, I would say, Sam. It's as a great a place to start. First go-to book to start by Scott Pape, The Barefoot Investor. has some really good ideas there. And he said something that is quite that I quite liked it. He says, when you're buying a car, buy the cheapest car your ego can afford. It's, cars can be a matter of ego, right? Mm. It can be a symbol of status and everything, but a car in essence is a machine that takes you from point A to point B in relative, you know, as, as safely as possible. And that's it. And then if you pay a $100,000 car, it's not going to be much different than the $20,000 car, used one, except on, of course, status and yeah, a little bit of comfort, but things that you, you won't die without. There's some cool ways now, too, where you can have um, have your cake and eat it, too. Uh, a little saying that I know is buy for practicality and rent for luxury. So That's cool. That's if, you're, nice if you're getting started out, um, you know, in Australia, having a beach house is always part of the dream. But nowadays with, you know, holiday rentals, you can buy a house that's right for your family. It's affordable, it's comfortable. And instead of paying more on a regular basis for a mortgage that's crippling, you can put that money aside for an annual holiday to or a holiday as mm. often as you want to and go and rent a house that you wouldn't be able to afford for a long, long time. That's very nice. You rent it for a week with some friends. The same is now available with cars. And if you want to impress someone on your first date, because that's, <laughs> you know, the way the movies show it, don't buy a BMW, go and rent a Ferrari for the night. Mm. You know, we're recording this just at Kingscliff, but just up here at the Gold Coast and some members of this church used to actually run a business where they rented Ferraris and Lamborghinis. So we are renting, we're just for clarification, we are recording this podcast in the Kingscliff Seventh-day Adventist Church. They uh, offered to us the space to rent that. So that's what you're saying. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that, hey, if I want to have a go on a Porsche, instead of, you know, 
doing the whole sixty, seventy thousand dollar debt thing. I can just pay a thousand dollars. I don't know what they or cost. whatever the cost is. Sorry, they don't want they don't want my watch. But yeah, if you're that way inclined, buy practicality because that will give you financial freedom, and it's a sensible thing to do. And if you're inclined to luxury, we'll rent that. If you want to have the experience, take the selfies, of course, not while driving, uh, go for a nice place with a nice convertible my, car. Sorry, my, my older brother rent it. actually did that. We came up here for a family holiday when I was a kid and my older brother brought his girlfriend and they love Jeep Wranglers. And so <laughs> we rented a, he rented a Jeep Wrangler, but he was still on his P plates. So he's driving around the Gold Coast with his girlfriend in the, in the passenger seat <laughs> and my mum and his two brothers in the back seat because she was the one that had to rent it and um, she had to be in the car and then she couldn't leave us, uh, two, his two younger brothers behind. So he rented luxury, but he just had to take the whole family along. <laughs> so a little example of that. That's really cool. All right, so we're talking about car debt. Uh, then there's... A whole other session of that uh, business debt. So if you're a business owner and you're borrowing money to invest in your production capacity, mm. uh, that's another kind of debt. And finally, property debt as well. Buying a house either for you to live in or for you to invest. I'll let you take business debt because that's your world. Yeah, look, um, I, It's easy to get lost in the weeds on that because there's so many different ways business debt can be structured and different things you could borrow for, but... Give us a 20,000-foot view of business debt, and yes. then we'll come back down to house debt, which is more common. Okay. So when I, I used to work for a big international investment bank called uh, Credit Suisse, and my specialty was actually business debt. So I was in the bank. My job was to find companies that could repay that debt, lend them money, and then collect interest on that that's fairly what would they borrow for so well we usually worked with medium to large corporate so we're talking about them borrowing 50 million dollars 30 million dollars 100 million dollars and this is usually to invest in expansion uh, uh, expand their productive capacity so it's like a sugar cane uh, meal and they want to add um, you know uh, they want to buy some, they want to modernize some of their equipment. So they come and they, they do that. Or they want to invest in their sugarcane fields. They come and ask us for money. So based on the good debt, bad debt definitions, appreciating, depreciating, tax deductible, non-tax deductible, would the lending that you do to a sugarcane company that's going to modernize their plant, would that be good debt or bad debt, do you think? Depends. It can be good debt in that it, the interest will be tax deductible. Um, and while well, they are going to make money out of that, the question then lies in the amount of, of money, the return on their investment that they are expecting to have, is that going to be more than the interest rate of the debt or less than that? So if it's what more than interest it, rates were they? Uh, well, we're talking Brazil. Investments, so, uh, so it, it could have, it could be quite expensive. Uh, it's a, it could be expensive. You know, Australian terms would be, I don't know, equivalent to, I don't know, ten percent, okay, uh, a year. Uh, so, if they think that their project was going to give them a return of twenty percent, yes, uh, why not? Okay, uh, but if, but there's also risks because 
they could go out of business and all these kinds of things they have to factor in. There's the amount of uh, collateral that they would be able to offer the bank to sort of try to offset a little bit of that price. So to some companies, yeah, it's, it would make sense. To other companies, it wouldn't necessarily make sense. Uh, me, from a banking perspective, what I'm interested is, do you have the capacity to repay me even if your business is not going that well? Because from a bank perspective, so that's what I'm thinking. keep it at, at ground level, the word collateral is something that the bank can take off you and sell in order to repay the debt Correct. If you're it, unable It's to similar repay. to a debt, a car debt, right? So if you don't pay me, well, then I can take some of your cane fields or even your factory, depending on the size of the, the debt. Of course, the bank doesn't want to have a factory to sell because that's a, yeah. a headache, but we, that's... Yep, uh, get your money back somehow. That's right. So uh, here in Australia, a business loan that I know of at the moment would be five and a half to, yeah, maybe at the top 10%. But I know of one that's around five and a half, six percent for a business loan. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I remember from business studies class in high school, maybe one of the few things that I remember, was that the stats here in Australia is that one in five small businesses doesn't survive, uh, wow. which makes that a high risk uh, opportunity for the bank that's lending. And everyone, when they're entrepreneurial and they're starting a business, feels like oh, I'm going to get rich off this. It's going to be amazing. And so, yeah, let's borrow the money. We're going to turn it into a 20% return. That doesn't always happen. So it makes it higher risk, higher risk debt. Um, a lot of it depends on your ability to execute the plan or the strategy. Okay. So, Sam, look, I think this is part one of our debt conversation. So we still need to chat about property debt mm -hmm. properly. And also, what do I do with my debt? How do I get rid of them? Um, and, and what will happen to me if I don't? What are the costs of having too high of a debt? So we'll talk about that in our next episode. I hope you guys can turn in, tune in to us, and we'll see you soon. Ciao. At the beginning of the show, we mentioned an exciting book called The Credit Crunch Christian. This book offers insightful perspectives on issues facing our money-driven culture and our attitude towards money in times of financial hardship. To claim your free copy of The Credit Crunch Christian, simply text the code word CREDIT to 04888880831. That's the word CREDIT to 04888880831 for your very own copy. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Two Cents Podcast here on Faith FM. Faith FM.